I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Rollies Out the Back. This week I'm with Guy and we're going to talk about some stuff again what's up what's up hello everybody stuff to be discussed let's talk things yeah i've been watching um the crown on netflix you have yeah i I, I started watching it about 2016 when i had a, a different podcast with my friend jack and um i remember putting it on and getting about four episodes in and thinking this is just really great in terms of budget it was one of those shows. I was like, "Wow, you know, they've put a lot into this. There's a lot of budget going on, you know." But it was just so fucking boring that I couldn't even get through it. So last week, no, earlier this week, I uh, started watching it again, and it picked off right as it was four episodes in 2016. That's the beauty of Netflix, isn't it? They can just carry, just carries over mm. the same account, and I'm fucking hooked again. So hooked on the boredom. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm in it now. So. Is it the most boring show that you have liked? Uh, probably, yeah. It's the most boring show that's ever hooked me, I'd say. Yeah. Definitely. So it's an unusual paradox to be in, isn't it? Where yeah. you're really, really hooked on something you sort of don't like. Yeah. Also, I'm anti-monarchy, so. <laughs> <laughs> you are very anti-monarchy, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't like all that stuff. But I watch it more as like a history show, I suppose, mm. when the Queen's just sort of in it. Like there's episodes, like there's an episode I just watched where the with the ABBA fan disaster in Wales, and I was like, wow, because it starts off, and I was like, what is this? Some kind of monster thing going on? You know, it's got like the monster setup of a monster show, yeah, like a Godzilla type thing. I was like, what's going on here? I hadn't heard of the ABBA fan disaster before, and then, um, like half of the episode is just them. So it's like this big mining disaster that goes on in Wales, and then half the episode is just that. And then it, I'm like, does it need, do we need the queen in this at all? Can we not just have like a history show? You know, because the, the cutting back to the queen and stuff was just the weakest part of the episode. Yeah. It's strange. The, the, the weird thing I found about it is, I mean, there's lots of sort of things that go on 
in one of the early seasons they have they've got the the big sort of smog in London yeah um, where everyone's sort of choking to death and things like that the thing I find really weird is that everyone expects with the ABBA fan and the smog and all the sort of disasters that happened there's like everyone sort of the Prime Minister and that they're all expecting the like the Queen has to do something the queen, yeah. we have to get the Queen involved somehow and I'm sort of like to do what <laughs> I mean like what is she, she's not we're not, ex no one in Wales or in London during all these big disasters or any place where they've got these disasters, no one's expecting the Queen to turn up and start digging out the coal, yeah. you know? Like what could, what really, and I mean, I think it's probably our, probably our generation and the fact that neither of us are particularly royalist yeah. where we're just like, you know, if there was a major disaster that happened in Elmstead Market. Yeah and the Queen had to make an appearance. Would you feel a lot more comforted? No, but I'm sure in that day and age, like just after the war and stuff, mm. she was a bigger influence on stuff. But I'm still, I'm still a little bit none the wiser about what, what she actually does. On a day-to-day -day basis, I've got absolutely no idea. Yeah. I mean, I know Doesn't she- Doesn't really I go know, into detail about that sort of no, thing. No, I know she, obviously they go to loads of events and do a lot of talks and all this sort of, and, and, attend yeah. things but what what is that really bringing other than yeah newspaper columns basically or publicity yeah to the thing i mean i don't really also there's so much you don't see as well in the show i mean obviously it's a show there's a lot of dramatic license a lot of shit doesn't even happen there's one episode which i'll talk about in a bit which i just think is complete fan fiction didn't even happen or if it did happen it's completely well we'll get into that later but um also, the show just jumps around a lot in terms of time. Like, there'll be this thing, oh, the Queen did this. She met Jackie Kennedy or whatever. And then the next episode, it's like, and two years later was the next time she did something that was worth making an mm. episode about. Um, there's a lot of that going on in yeah. the show. And but, for, I think, especially for us, as we weren't alive for most of this, it's really difficult to, tra to track when things are happening. Like, with the new series that's yeah. come out yesterday with Diana and... Thatcher and stuff. Yeah. I only know about them historically. I, I, I was not alive in the 80s when all this stuff was going on. So when like things are happening, I'm constantly having to Wikipedia the yeah, dates same. and stuff to try and work time. out like how long has passed. Well, between prime ministers I haven't even heard of. Fucking, I didn't know yeah. anything about Anthony Eden. Apparently he was just the worst prime minister we ever yeah. had. I didn't even know who he was. He's quite an interesting one actually because he's, I mean, they, do, they touch on it a bit in the show where it's like, okay, he's going to be He's the next in line. Yeah, he's Winston's boy. Yeah, he's Winston's lad. Everyone like he's going to be amazing. Blah blah blah. He's he's been groomed to be the PM. Blah blah. Fast tracked all this sort of stuff. And then he's fucking shit. Yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah. absolutely awful. And I was reading about because they he goes into he he sends troops into Egypt, doesn't he, to take back this one like oil river that they yeah, got going Suez on Suez Canal. Yeah, and I was reading about that whole thing. I watched like a small um, documentary on YouTube. And that's considered like the main event that brought England down <laughs> in, in history as yeah. we used to be one of the biggest superpowers in the world. But then we fucked up this one event thanks to Anthony Eden. Yeah. I think it was more it was more like the last straw of the kind of empire thing. Yeah. Because sort of even during the Second World War and stuff, it's still like there's quite a lot of oh British Empire. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, careful. You know, big lads got a lot of guns, got yeah. a lot of money. And then like 50s and 60s, Suez Canal and things like that. They're just like, oh yeah, that's that's it now. They're, they're, they're done. They're over. Yeah. It's all about America now. Yeah. 
And that's it happens in the show as well because there's just more and more American influences just creep in as the episodes go on. I mean, I haven't reached series four yet, and we can talk about like casting and that. We'll talk about we'll talk about the actual like bones of the show as opposed to the um, uh, like storylines and stuff. But what do you the, what do you think of the cast like? The, um, and we can talk about the change as well, but for just the first two se- two series. On the whole, I think everyone was nailed in the casting. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that, so like Matt Smith playing Philip, they don't go out of their way to try and make him look like Prince Philip. Yeah. And Churchill is notoriously quite a short bloke. Yeah. And they cast John Lithgow, who is yeah. the biggest human ever. Like they <laughs> yeah. don't, but they don't like mix the cameras around to try and make him look shorter, and yeah. they don't put stuff in his mouth to make him sort of bumble like Churchill did. They don't. They kind of do, but they kind of don't go out of their way to make them all look exactly replicants yeah. of who they were. But like, I think everyone was. It reminds well me a lot of. You, did you ever see that Steve Jobs film with Michael Fassbender? Yeah, where yeah. it's kind of like that, where it's where it's a just an idea of the, what was like the events are, cut, are being portrayed, but they're just actors playing them and yeah. they're not doing their best to kind of make it look yeah. exactly as it was. It reminds me a lot of the whole, you know, if you ever watch like, um, we must have had it on something similar to this at some point in the house where you're like watching some sort of documentary about a thing and then it cuts to like a dramatic reenactment yeah. and then the words recon this is a reconstruction comes up on the thing yeah like the whole series kind of feels like that to me where it's yeah. like well we'll just we'll do this because it's on a dvd in the in this is this is the show you would get given if you bought a dvd of the crown yeah at buckingham palace on a tour once you know yeah yeah totally yeah i mean yeah i mean i think they're they're, they're great in it uh, I'd say what's her name Claire Foy probably I'd, or, or, I'd already forgotten about her I hadn't forgotten about Matt Smith by the time I got into series 3 but I'd already forgotten about Claire Foy mm. you miss Matt Smith I think yeah he's really kind I of I think he's the stronger of the two for the first two series and I think Olivia Coleman is the stronger of the two in the second yeah well, I guess uh, that, like so far anyway I've only yeah. watched series 3 but that does kind of trend in with it though I mean like the whole uh, the whole of point of Philip in series 1 and 2 is him learning how to be Philip properly yeah. and not be Jack the Lad, still want to do the sports. Yeah, he's adjusting, he's adjusting to being part of the monarchy. Yeah, the so part. him having a kind of bigger personality kind of makes sense. But yeah, I think Matt Smith is really good. There's, I don't think there's anyone yeah. in the first two series that I'm like, oh yeah, you're kind of letting the side yeah. down a little bit here. He does that, just that Matt Smith thing though, where he's constantly like, Leaning forward, and he's got his big forehead yeah, pressed against the camera. Head. I think he's got a five head. Yeah, and he's fucking. He's always he's always walking like like this. What do you call that? Uh, sort of a frog march. Yeah, he's I always guess. doing that, and he's always yeah. That's, so that doesn't look anything like Philip, but whatever. He's good in it. There's an episode particularly where he has to do a bit of dramatic acting. I mean, he does, does a bit of dramatic dramatic acting throughout, but there's one where he has to fire the guy who had um, created a big old scandal on the Royal Cruise, the Britannia. And uh, that was that was a good episode. It's his mate, right? The- yeah, Mark Mike Parker. Yeah, that's it. Remember that episode? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty good. They're, they're pretty good. Um, but yeah, what do you think of the budget? Like, how do they recreate all those fucking palaces and shit? Um, I have absolutely no idea. It, you just... 
it looks like the attention to detail looks like they have filmed it in Buckingham yeah. Palace because I mean or Windsor or wherever wherever else they're doing the on the set stuff the, the attention to detail is ridiculous and I think the kind of dramatic watching a show that you want to be enjoyed and stimulated by does suffer a little bit yeah because it does sort of make you look it does, the whole thing does feel when you're watching it like you're taking a tour around Buckingham Palace and like the costume people who serve the Queen are just there as well. Yeah. And you're just kind of walking around. And it doesn't really, it does feel like a tour around a museum, which yeah. while is good and interesting, it doesn't have that, that's not the same as watching a fast paced, enjoyable. Yeah, it's very indulgent and sort of yeah, show offy yeah. in that way. It's um, very, it's very self important. Yeah. Which I think makes sense when you consider it's about the royal family yeah you can only really do it that way though you can't have like a small drama about the interpolitical um things going on with just sort of character moments yeah it has to be like big and epic and yeah fucking whatever and i mean it's netflix's biggest show and i think it's the biggest show ever in terms of budget i think yeah, it's got more, more budget than game of thrones had I think I'm not yeah. sure. I think I remember when it came out. That was how big the budget was. It was like 10 million episode or something. Yeah, but when you look at the like the the way they light the hallways, yeah, and the way that they sort of structure some of the shots when people are walking around the rooms, because I think there's quite a few where they're like walking from room to room to room to room. They're all doorways into each one. Yeah, and it's like every single shot has got to be down to the paint stroke on a door has yeah. got to be accurate. Yeah. So you just like... And how do they build those fucking, like, sofas? I mean, they don't call them sofas. I don't know. They build those sofas, like, all the paintings are in there, like, how the fuck... Like, the set's unbelievable. Yeah. Did they film it at Buckingham Palace? I I sort of... I just feel like they must have done, for for some of it, obviously. I mean, I dare say there are rules and regulations. But she lives there, doesn't she, a queen? (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. She lives at Windsor Castle at the moment, though, because of Verona. Because of the rain. Is that where they're isolating, is it? I think so. Well, it's a castle, to be fair, so they won't be able to get any people in. True. Buckingham Palace is a palace, so it's not as easy to defend. Yeah. But they hasn't got a great big moat around I don't, it. I don't think they did film at Buckingham Palace, because they're, like, they're so famously um, private. Yeah. They wouldn't have all these camera people in there filming. Yeah. But yeah, I think it, I the, the whole thing does sort of feel much more like archive footage yeah than like a serious piece of television drama although it that is dramatic and i you know haven't very much enjoyed watching it but it does feel very archive footagey as well yeah. which i guess might be the point i mean they might have wanted that something like the royal family probably does translate well to being yeah like a historical yeah well also because it's just yeah because it's so um historical and, it, and i know it's probably not it's, there's a lot of dramatic license but it does feel very true to life. This is how these people would have actually reacted to these situations. There's no like, aha, I got you. <laughs> moments, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no like, oh, well, I was training and you betrayed yeah. me. There's the, no the, like Game of Thrones no. double cross. There are no, on. there are no like cliffhangers or, yeah. or like massive character payoffs or yeah, anything he, like that. In, in fact, you could probably just watch an episode of this and and just jump in from then. Yeah. Really. Each episode is kind of self-contained. It's like, this is what happened on this day when she was the queen. This is what Mm -hmm. happened on that day when she was the queen. And one of the things that frustrates me about the show, one of the main things, is they do that fucking, um, how did we get here? Uh, Plot structure where they're like, oh, this is just like a random scene of something. And it's like, oh, this dramatic thing's going on. 
and then it's like how did we get here then it'll go back a fucking oh, yeah. month and that drives me nuts i hate that shit yeah like the out of chronological storyline and they keep it's been right if they did it once or twice but they keep doing it like nearly every episode and that doesn't pay off in the same way as it would with yeah. a show where no one knows what's going to happen anyway because like with yeah, the best, just, with the best one wait. in the world it's all historical yeah. like you could you could look at the name the title of one of the episodes google those words and figure out what that whole story is going to be about yeah so doing this sort of mixed up chronology yeah. the, at the, times the, the that episode just that just sticks out is um, there's an episode where Philip and um, the Queen are like they're, they're just on the cusp of having an argument and he's on the boat, right? No, it's just he's just got back. We don't know yet. He's just oh, got right. back, and they're in the thing. And he's 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 she's basically like, "Are you going to explain yourself? Whatever the fuck happened on that yacht or whatever?" But she doesn't say anything that in detail. So you're just like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And then the whole episode is just figuring out what happened. But you know that it's going to end up in that place anyway. Yeah. So it just takes it takes a lot of the dramatic oomph away from it. Yeah. And I yeah that that's that other than the fact that it's fucking boring a lot of the time. Um, that's like my favorite episodes have been the like offshoot episodes where it's just been like this episode's about Charles yeah. or this episode's also about Charles. My favorite, <laughs> yeah, my favorite ever, my favorite episode is where Winston's getting his his portrait done. Fuck yeah, that's the, a really the, good episode. The bit I, I that won um, John Lithgow a Emmy Award or a Golden Globe it? or something. Not, yeah. yeah, I'm not even remotely surprised. The bit where he where him, where Winston Churchill and Stannis Baratheon yeah. are sitting. Stannis plays the portraiter, in case anyone didn't know. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays Stannis. Yeah. Um, when they're sort of sitting each other talking about Churchill's own paintings and they're sort of going backwards and forth yeah. on what they mean and stuff, it's just it's just dramatic. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, the, it's a masterclass of acting to start with. Yeah. But what they're talking about is so, like, obviously... They're trying not to say the exact words as people, yeah. and still trying to sort of explain what they both mean about stuff. It's just it's a masterclass. Yeah. It's an absolute masterclass. Yeah, because it starts off with them with um, Churchill not trusting the painter, and then they sort of become not friends, but like they get on towards the end of it. And then Churchill feels completely double crossed by this yeah. guy, but the guy that wasn't the guy's intention at all. It was just to fucking paint a real life yeah. picture and the whole the whole thing is is about churchill coming to grips with the fact that he's now an old man like yeah it? it's like he's he's run his race now he's he's done he's yeah. his reputation is set you know he is you know starting to he's alive while he's started to be remembered yeah. as if he's like an old gone historical figure yeah um and he's just can't seem to deal with that because he's still and then he's got this reverse dorian gray fucking uh, painting that yeah. just makes him look like an old piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't see himself like that. He still thinks he's the great Winston yeah. Churchill, and, and all that stuff happened as well. I mean, I'm not sure that he actually sort of became friends with the guy or whatever, or that it was his wife that actually burned it in the end. But mm. um, all that stuff yeah, yeah. actually happened. That'd be a good film on its own, like a King's Speech type film, where it's just two Churchill hours. getting old. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, fucking yeah. It's, it's good. It's, it is a good. Those show. are my favorite episodes where it just deviates from the main plot, and it's like this is a piece of history over here. Let's just have a look at what's going on. Yeah. Well, they they a lot of the show is things happening, and then the characters reacting to the things. Yeah. Whereas that one, nothing happens in that one. There's yeah. not an event in the world. There's not a Suez Canal thing. There's not a smog of London thing. It yeah. is just like a character kind of analysis on Churchill 
yeah. as as he's transitioning to not being a character. They should have done like just a series on Churchill. Yeah, just like a two, with, just a two series. Yeah, just a two series, like just on Churchill, and then ended it. Yeah, and had someone play the Queen for like two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I, I mean, I don't know how historically accurate it is, but I never really think of Churchill and the Queen as being that yeah kind of close or never or like interacting much obviously they did but in this show it's like they're exclusive together like yeah. there's a, that that one episode is great because he's not with the queen the whole time yeah, yeah and it's all like the whole thing like churchill's like his whole point in the whole show seems to be like being the surrogate dad to the queen and leading yeah. her into it and he even says when he when he hands over to Eden, he's like, you know, you're ready now, basically. Yeah. And I'm like, that's did, like did that ever happen? That's like, like the 36th thing that Churchill did on his list of priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this whole show's about it. Yeah, that's, you know, and you can't have a go. I can't criticize the show for it because it's called The Fucking Crown and it's about the Queen. But there's, there's like I say, there's just so many episodes where it's just like, do we, I don't care what the Queen thinks about this. I want to, yeah. I want to look at, um, like if that if that ABBA fan episode had just been about that if it had been like a Chernobyl style just one episode about how they deal with it and how they fucking dig out those poor kids or whatever that would have been great but then it has to cut to the Queen and then the Queen has to go and then the, the, all the fucking yeah. press is like why didn't the Queen go it's like, no, 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 I don't care why, I don't care because yeah, yeah. the whole episode <laughs> I mean, that's st- a- stay in fucking Wales and show yeah. me this poor fucking uh, situation because yeah. the, the bit in that in that episode where Philip is in Wales yeah and he's standing there while they're burying all the yeah, victims and everyone starts singing and stuff. The look that fucking Tobias Menzies gets on his face yeah. then is haunting. It really yeah. is horrible. And But instead of it being about the crown reacting to the event, yeah. it's about how the event is influencing the crown. Yeah. You know? And it's just kind of the wrong way around. So if you just had... The whole episode was about the disaster and burying it and the Queen meeting people and about yeah. how horrible it is and the cleanup and the politics and stuff like that. And then all the Queen needs to do is sort of go, oh, this is awful and, and pretend to shed a tear. Yeah. Then that's kind of the point. But instead it's like, oh, well, this bad thing has happened. Oh, no. Look how bad the Queen feels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, no, it kind of should be the other way around. Yeah. Well, you know... The- like I say, you can't have the show's called The Crown. It's like, but I would have loved, yeah, I would have loved a show with this budget, with this caliber of acting, just about British history. Yeah. And it changes the cast every few episodes, and it's about this thing. Oh, it's about this thing. Oh, we're doing, we're doing a, yeah. What's well, like a, we're doing Abba Fan this week or whatever. Because yeah. I think they do, I mean, you kind of have to really, because the, the Queen is a human person that you have to then cast and write lines for yeah. and stuff. But, if it was about all the major events of the 20th century and how the crown was like the single fixed point that doesn't move throughout the whole thing, that would have been really interesting. And the show is interesting, but if it was just like the crown reacting to all the major events, then that'd be good rather than... That would be better, I think, rather than like, oh, let's just follow the queen round while she's having fried egg on on toast. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Suez Canal thing has kicked off. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean that's well. That's why the, the, my favorite episodes of the show have just been um, like because I love it for the British history and I, obviously all the acting's great in that. But um, there's some episodes as well where it's just like, oh, Margaret's annoyed because of she wasn't invited to the Queen's party or she did something bad because she went to the 
party on the Queen's behalf, but she she was drunk, so everyone was upset yeah. because and it's like, she I was, don't give a flying shit. Yeah. I don't even know who Queen Margaret was, no, uh, Princess Margaret was before this show happened. She was drunk and incredibly fit, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I mean, she, obviously it's great to see her, but um, yeah, uh, that, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm surprised, actually, that it's had as much... Uh, viewership from people of our age than it has really because yeah. it is a big I know our auntie watches it and mum would probably love it and all of our parents age yeah. group would love it because it's all they all fucking obsessed with the royalty but like, I'm surprised it's been as ex- successful as it has been with our age group but yeah. I think the main reason is that we weren't alive so we don't know any of this stuff yeah. like, I don't remember being taught at school in history class about the Suez Canal or yeah, um, the, know, the order of the it. prime ministers you know I was taught about fucking crenellations on castles and yeah. when the wild west happened and all this sort of thing well yeah I think it's good in that sense because after I've watched episodes on Aberfan or on the Suez 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 Canal Suez Suez Canal Suez, Suez. I then went on to read about the actual events and then you know a lot of the shit is just dr- dramatised yeah, yeah yeah whatever it is that makes people like us care about British history I mean, I like British history anyway, anything that I've read, but um, it, whatever it is that makes you look into this stuff is good. Yeah. And if it happens to be a fucking $200 million Netflix show, then fine. Yeah. You know? but, I mean, I'd never, lo- there's loads of stuff in there that I'd never knew about. Like, I'd never, the ABBA fan thing, I'd never even heard of it. Yeah. Same. Never, ever heard of it until I watched that show. Um, the, well, yeah, the, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was no, like, oh, what's going to, no what's the fucking Godzilla going to come in? Like, yeah, it yeah. set up like a disaster movie. I thought it was a volcano. I was like, do they have volcanoes in Wales? <laughs> or a Welsh dragon, maybe? Yeah. But never heard of Aberfan until I watched that show. Never heard of the London Great Smog of London. Heard of the Great Fire of London, but not the Great Smog of London. Great Smog. I don't remember that. That was in, must have been the first couple first of episodes. First series, I think. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember that whole thing. Uh, in like the 1950s and stuff. I don't know. I'd never heard of Anthony Eden before. No, me neither. Um, or some of the other... Our worst Prime Minister. PMs during it all. People say they hate Boris. If we had Anthony Eden, yeah, yeah. fucking starts a war for no reason and ruins face, the yeah. the ruins Britain because of it. Yeah, all that all that those actors are great as well. Just all the prime ministers, like not just the guy uh, John Lithgow, but the guy who plays um, who takes over from Eden, the guy with the moustache, who's played by Kyber mm, in Game of Thrones, McMillan, Harold McMillan. Yeah, he's really good as well. Yeah. But yeah. a quick water break. It is a good show. I enjoy it. I was looking forward to the new series. The new series is good. Um, but it does, because of the pace of the show and because of the content of it and stuff, you kind of do want to get through it and get to the end. Yeah. And then that kind of makes you excited for when they recast it all for Series 5. Yeah, that was an episode I was watching last night. This is the last episode I'm up to. It's in Series 3. And it was maybe the worst episode I've seen so far. Because I was like, this is just fan fiction. It was the episode where um, uh, Philip is watching the moon landing. And he's like, oh, look look at these heroes or whatever. And then eventually he meets them and whatever. And I was like, none of this happened. (laughs) (laughs) None of this happened. Uh, Someone wrote this, you know. This would be good. It's got a lot of big names in it. If this did happen, it was incredibly uh, dramatized. Maybe he did meet uh, Lance Armstrong once at the palace or whatever. But uh, the fact that Philip was going through a midlife crisis and all this was because of that, you know, I was just like, none of this fucking happened. Mm. <laughs> so it was just a waste of my time watching yeah, that episode. Yeah, yeah. If I'd known that episode was going to come and it was going to be what it was, I would have just fucking skipped it. Yeah. 
I'm looking. I think I'm looking forward more to series five now that I've seen series four, because not yeah. only is Imelda Staunton going to be the queen, who I think is she's a, a fantastic actress. Yeah. Um, but we're now getting to a point where these are things that are uh, before our memory, but they're still within our sort of age range. I think. Like. Yeah, I guess. I you. So you were a year old when Diana died. Yeah. I very, very, very vaguely remember it. Um, but I remember I've got sort of a picture flash picture in my head of like the TV in mum and dad's room yeah, and it being on the news and that's all I can remember I don't remember hearing anything about it right but it's kind of the next series is going to start getting into stuff that is in our lifetime yeah uh, are they going to do are they going to do like up until Boris Johnson I don't know really are they going to do Tony um, Blair I would imagine that they're going to do they're gonna up do George until... Bush. They're going to do Iraq War. Yeah, I think I think so. I really think they're going to go up until uh, Charles marries Camilla. Really? Yeah, which is what, 2012? Something like that? Damn. 2016 maybe? I remember that, I think. Do um, I? No, I don't remember that. It's in the last 10 years anyway. So I really think Series 5 will be Diana's death. Are they going to do Harry leaving? They do Harry I don't think they'll go that far. Harry leaving the royal family? No, I don't think they'll go that far. I think they're going to cast the oldest woman in the world to play the queen. Yeah, I think they'll do. Um, it'll, series Jack five White will be Diana's play, death. Uh, Harry. Yeah, who? Jack Whitehall to play yeah, Harry. Jack Whitehall. Yeah. Uh, series five will be a death of Diana, and the stuff of that, and maybe towards the end of it, we we'll get like the Gulf War. Oh yeah. Um, and things like that. Maybe. What about the Falklands? We just had. That's just been in the oh, one that came okay. out yesterday. So I that'll have to be go all, up to the Falklands. Yeah. So it'll be all Diana. It'll be the death of Diana. It'll be the death of Margaret. And Fucking the death Thatcher. Of, Sorry. Yeah. It'll be the death of Diana, death of Margaret, and death of the Queen Mother, I think, are all going to be series five. And then series six, which I think is going to be the last series. I don't think they're doing it. We'll take up to the relative present day. And I think the last shot is going to be Charles marrying Camilla and every single mum in the entire world going, Cunts! Cunts! <laughs> yeah. Diana forever. Yeah. Charles really didn't help himself, did he? I no. want to do that. Brilliant actor. The guy playing him. Yeah. Really, really Is he really still good. the same guy? Then we didn't recast him? No, no. It's four and five are the same guy. Yeah. No. Oh, I haven't watched. No, well, I haven't seen that yet then. I've only seen series three, Charles, when he's going to Wales and he has to learn Welsh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same guy in the oh, okay. new one. I think Yeah, he looks just like him. He's yeah, a really good actor. I think actor. they'll keep him for the next one and just age him up a bit. Yeah. Because he's meant that I've just fin- he looks the same, but if just the one I've just finished, he's like 38 or something. Right. So I think they'll just keep him and, and age him up because he is really really good. Yeah, there's a yeah, the only episode I've seen with him really, the main episode where it's just about him is when he goes to Wales and he has to learn Welsh and he does like a whole scene where he does tongue twisters. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, damn, this guy's been to someone's been to drama school." Yeah, and fucking, then he has to do a whole speech in Welsh. And I'm like, "Someone's got Welsh in their family." Yeah, yeah, um, he's really good. That's a good episode. Yeah, I like that episode. He is really, really good. Like the sort, uh, his ears. Um, they must yeah, be doing ears. something to his ears. Yeah, same with the little kid that played him. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, do yeah. something with those ears. He is really good. He's really good. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think they'll keep him on for series six and or five and six. Do you think they will though? Because it's kind of weird to just not recast him and recast well, the I don't others. Know. So I, I'm, I'm assuming he's around my age, maybe a bit older, maybe yeah. around James's age, and he's been playing a sort of forty-year-old in the series that came out yesterday. Right. Even though he, he must be early thirties, I'd imagine. Yeah, by so the time he get, how old was he just, when he married Camilla? Like sixty. Oh, seventies. Yeah. He wasn't. Six, I think he's late, seventy now, isn't he? He's like seventy-seven now. 
Is he? Queen's I, like, I don't think they've been married that long. Have they? I don't know. I don't care. Four years. <laughs> I don't care. Four years or something. Yeah, I reckon yeah. that's going to be the last thing, marrying Camilla and then everyone being like, fuck you. Yeah. If you could take... Peter Wills and Kate. What I th- Like I say, I think this show would be better if it was just a historical show without the fucking queen in every episode. But um, what, what would be a good, like, something from this show that would be a good just film version of that? Like a good big budget Oscar fucking bullshit film. A really Oscar... I think Philip, I think it's got to be... Philip would be a really, really good one. Yeah. Like, not only has he got an incredibly weird family history. Yeah, that stuff's crazy. But he, you know, he's he's a whole... He spent a whole career being the sidekick, basically, isn't he? Being Robin. Yeah. Um, And he's a... You know, not only is he a bit of a meme these days because of all the racist things he says. Yeah. And, and how, all the jokes. And, and how dead he actually is, probably. Yeah, yeah. But which, you know, we kind of relate to him in our age group just because he's on he's a he's a good meme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how we know Philip. Yeah. Even though Is he age, dead this week? Has he died there? Well he's ninety nine or something now, he's ninety eight yeah. now. So he's got a lot of life that you can make into a film. Yeah. His really early childhood is weird. Um his adoption and, you know, marriage and all that sort of stuff is all very weird. He's a strange kind of he's had a weird life. He's got a lot of life to go in Yeah, there. wasn't his dad like a king of Greece or some shit? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and then they fled to Germany and joined the Nazis and then... Then fled them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know any of that yeah, before yeah. I watched the He's show. He's got a really, really complicated kind of childhood and backstory and then has yeah. spent the rest of his life being Robin. So he, I think he'd be a really good kind of, you know, someone for Gary Oldman to play probably. Yeah. Um to, to kind of do a film on him. But that being said, what's the end what's the end thing? Just what's the climax to that film? Well I don't just know. I, don't, dying. I was thinking more of just like an isolated thing where it's about um Churchill being painted or Charles learning Welsh, you know, if they just did that episode but made it into a film with actors, other actors. You know? Yeah. Abafan would be a good one. Yeah, but without the Queen in it. She only shows yeah. up like right at the end. Abba found bigger one that really sticks out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're done talking about the crown. Um, what do you want to talk about now? What do you want to do? How many wizards were sent to Middle Earth? Five. Do you know what they were called? Or uh, it was Gandalf. Uh, Saruman. It doesn't actually say, but Bradagast. Yeah. yeah. Alatar and Palando. What happened to Alatar and Palando? They're the two blue wizards, yeah. and they went far east into the deserts and never came back. Right, completely unknown. Do you think they'll touch on um, them when it, when they do the Lord of the Rings show? I don't know, really. I don't really know when that's set. Um, is it? Do you know? Is it second age? I have first a theory because you do you know the kid? He's called Will Poulter. He's an actor. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. the eyebrows. He's been cast in this show. And I have a theory that he's playing young El- Elrond. I don't think he will, because Elrond will look the same as... Well, he must be... You know, there must be <laughs> At some point, when he's like in his 30s, he must look younger, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine, possibly. And they'll have to do... They can't just get um, Hugo... If he's young Elrond, then that's going to be like first age, yeah. probably, when they're not even in Middle-earth yet. Right. I don't think. 
the, I think uh, they're doing it like years and years before. Yeah. I think they're going to do. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The forging of the rings. Right. Because... Cast someone as Sauron. Cast someone as Sauron, yeah. Does he just look like a regular dude? Well... Yeah, yeah, no, he's a... I don't really know what he is, like, in terms of, like, what sort of species he is. But he do, he basically goes through, like, this... He puts on a disguise, essentially, a magic disguise, and teaches the elves how to build and make the rings. Right. Um, and then he gives them to them and is like, hi, I am the Lord of Gifts, and I'm great. I'm a really good friend of yours. And then he's like, I'm going to enslave the fucking lot of you. Yeah. So it is kind of a deceitful thing. Um, just think about Sauron, isn't it? He's just a deceiver yeah, guy. Deceiver. Sauron the deceiver. Yeah, it's just fucking. No. What are you yeah. doing there, Sauron? Deceiving. What are you doing over there? Oh, well, I'm not taking the last cookie. <laughs> yeah, I'm just deceiving you all. Deceiving um, you all. What, what would you like to see from the Lord of the Rings show? I would like to see. What would I like to see? I would like possibly the first age where they're building, where they're making the rings. Yeah. Um, so you've got the fall of man. You have to cast Galadriel. Yeah, you yeah. You have to cast. Uh, Dwalin. Yeah. Dwalin? Dwalin. Dwalin? Dwalin's not around then. No. You have to you'd have to class Durin probably. Right. Um so you got the fall you got the kind of fall of mankind. You've got the retreat of the dwarves into the mountains, like so that they don't give a shit anymore. There's no hobbits, so that's good. Um you got probably you're gonna have Feanor, who's probably the greatest ever elf. Right. He's the big there's like half a dozen elves that are like kings or great craftsmen or something that are like renowned. And so Feanor is one of them. He makes the Silmarils, oh. which are like the biggest jewels in Middle Earth. They're like the big, great big pair of like sparkly testes that he's got. Oh. Um, so that'd be pretty good. So if they're forging the rings and Sauron's like, oh, is he on our side? Is he not on our side? And then he's like, oh, yeah, look at all these gifts. And he's like, but we'll know that he's it. not on their side. Well, we know, yeah, the but the they pre- don't yeah, know. But that's at the, the thing time. about prequels, isn't it? It's just we all we all know, we know how it's going to end. Yeah, we know how it's going to end up. You know, if it's if it's if it's eight series long, we know at the end of seri- eight series. If it, say, no, I don't know if it is. Oh, that's right. just an example. Like if they do if they're going like the Game of Thrones route, where they're going to do eight series or whatever. But in eight years' time, after the eight series is out, we'll know that it will just and then where the, then the map Real turned credits. on. Then the map turned onto the the Shire. Yeah, and then it went in, and we saw. Uh, Frodo played by Elijah Wood, who has like CG face because he's super old now. Yeah, you know well, we in, know how it's going to go. It's like the same would, with the Hobbit. Yeah, well, if you want to do stuff that no one, not, none of the general audience is going to know, 
then there's only really two things they can do. And that's the creation of Middle Earth itself by the gods, yeah. which is just going to be Norse mythology completely and utterly yeah. ripped off or Greek mythology, sort of mixture of the two. Or the War of Wrath, which is the elves versus Sauron's boss. Right. So Sauron's not going to be in it, but he's not going to be that important. Um, and there's basically the elves versus uh, the god of hell, basically. Right. So it's going to be like Clash of the Titans. Right. And they were fucking great, those those, those films. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, you, know what's, you know what's funny? Like, um, you, you, all these older stories, if they... Like, Lord of the Rings has been ripped off so much now in terms of storytelling or whatever because he ripped it off from other stuff yeah. and that. So if you just do a Lord of the Rings show now, it's going to look totally quaint and yeah. antiquated. Yeah. To the word. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, like, you're gonna, it's going to have to be ridiculous because, like, if you think about commercially, they've got a top Game of Thrones, yeah. which for all its criticisms and between the two of us... We have many, yeah. but it's still epic. Yeah. Like regardless of how you feel about how it went, it's still epic. You've had all the Star Wars, new Star Wars since then. Yeah, they're all epic, regardless of how you feel about them. They're yeah. still epic to watch. You've had all the MCU stuff; they're all epic to watch. Yeah. So, and then you got a follow-on from The Witcher, which was really successful, which is like the yeah. most recent fantasy fiction thing. So it's going to have to be massive. Well, yeah, I hear this is going to be the biggest budgeted show of all time. Yeah. It's backed by Amazon. Yeah. Apparently Jeff Bezos has taken a personal interest in this show. Apparently. Apparently he's a big Lord of the Rings fan. Oh, is he? He wants to be involved somehow. Yeah. So that'd be good. He's a creative person, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This businessman, this bald businessman. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's going to have to be absolutely enormous. And yeah. there's there's like... In all of the Tolkien world, the Lord of the Rings is actually a really small story. Yeah. <laughs> it's really small. So they've got plenty of stuff that they can use, but it does all feed into each other. So the, I, I really struggle to see how they're going to create a self-contained, like, five-series show that's its whole, its whole complete story, yeah, start just, to finish, just without, the, without the constant, like, nod, nod. Yeah, that's the thing. Wink, that's wink, just, that's, that's, nudge, what, that's what it's going to be. And that's what, the way it always is. And they always have to... Whenever they do a prequel, this is my least favorite thing about anything ever. It's just like they have to tie it up into a neat bow at the end. And it's like the same with the um, Star Wars prequels, regardless of what you think about them. The worst thing about them is that right at the end, Obi-Wan has to be on Tatooine. Um, he has to remember to pick up Anakin's sword, uh, lightsaber. You know, uh, Yoda has to be on Dagobah. So, we, so you're watching these three films, even if they were good, you know, even if you're enjoying them throughout, you still know exactly where it's going to ha- end yeah. up. And this is what's going to happen with this show because it'll be wildly successful. Yeah. But eventually they'll catch up to um, a time the- where everything becomes familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, a, that'll think- be the problem with the show. I'll just be like, all right, yeah, we know, but this doesn't matter because yeah. they're going to destroy that ring. The first episode. Sauron made the ring. Yeah, I know, but he's going to destroy yeah, right, it. It's going to get destroyed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's. Good, I think there's like I think the day the days of making Tolkien works into films or TV shows is well and truly over, because yeah. so much of his work is ripped off of old mythology. Like the, w- one of the things they could do in the series is have the fall of Numenor, which is Atlantis, right. <laughs> essentially, it was some kind of underwater city. Yeah, it was an island that men had like Aragorn and all his lot, all the old like men that could live to like 200. Um, 
they, there was an island out at sea that where they all came from. It was like the the great haven of mankind. It's the the kingdom, the the great big yeah. kind of Num- it's Numenor. Blah blah blah. It's an island <laughs> that was uh, made into the shape of a star. All this sort of thing, and then mankind did something wrong, and the gods sunk it. So okay. it's Atlantis. <laughs> like yeah. you know, all of his stuff has got such a very very easy to see trace yeah. a line back to some mythological thing. Does it start doing it now? You're just like, okay, well, this is just Atlantis, or this is just like Clash of the Titans, or this is something else. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I'm a Tolkien. Do you think? Nuts yeah, case, but do you but not still. think Tolkien was a giant hack? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no! Also, no, not a hack. Sorry, it's just it's from a time where, like, they really had to struggle. They really probably struggled having to make a three film cohesive story out of um, Lord of the Rings because it's so like wandery and oh i'm gonna write about this for five chapters i'm gonna yeah. write about that oh some guy kills the dragon yeah. <laughs> it's not bilbo yeah. who well, kills they, the fucking dragon no. it's just well, some guy and yeah. then in the book they're like well we need to give this some guy some fucking <laughs> reason yeah. for being here yeah. yeah so we have to cast him cast an actor that everyone knows and then spend the whole fucking film with him just for him to kill the dragon yeah the he's one of the he's one of the weirdest what's his name like bolton baltimore or something Bard. Britannia? Bard, right? Bard. He's one of the weird... Tolkien's one of the weirdest writers, possibly the weirdest writer ever. Because there was no rules back then. There was no, no story structure. There and was no producer going, well, you know, Bilbo has to, yeah. um, you know, climb on the back of the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a book. I was... I, ride around. Yeah, yeah. There's a, in the book, there's a chapter called The Council of Elrond, right? And it's in the film where they all sit around at the Council of Elrond and do a thing. Now, most of the chapters in the book on the audio book are like 45 minutes to an hour long per chapter. So you can read it in about an hour. The Council of Elrond is nearly two and a half hours long. Really? And it's all the characters stopping right in the middle of the book to sit around and talk about the plot. Yeah, just (laughs) an exposition dump. Yeah, and it's so blatant and it's very, very jarring. And it's incredibly indulgent the way that, yeah. that he writes their dialogue and stuff. You just would never be able to get away with it. Yeah. So because back because you'd have you'd have um, publishers going, oh well, you know, you need to be a certain amount of, uh, you know, words per chapter. Mm. You know, we oh we have a deal with the with this one illustrator, and he needs you need to have to write it this way so that he it will fit his style. It needs to fit his style. Yeah. So. Um, wait, Whereas what, they just they got it and they corrected the one spelling yeah. mistake and then changed his title for him because he, and he didn't like that and then yeah, I published it. I don't I don't envy um, Peter Jackson or I mean they did an amazing job. I think Lord of the Rings films are fucking amazing. They're like my favorite trilogy of all time. But the the fucking shit that they had to go yeah. through, not even just in the physical making of the film, which is a huge deal anyway. I think the Lord of the Rings making of is the biggest triumph in cinema history. The fact that they managed to pull it off. Yeah, if you like the the behind the scenes alone is worth buying the um, extended edition for because it's just the fucking how they went through it. And I don't envy them at all on just how they managed to write it because yeah, well they, they, they've they done... had to do, they had to do a lot of things like uh, Boromir is in, actually he's going to die at the end of fellowship. Yeah. So there's an actual conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, the big, the biggest problem with the book, which is really apparent in all of his books. Like if you look at children of Hurin or Silmarillion or any of the other ones that kind of aren't as well known. Did he only ever write like Middle Earth stories? Everything he I think it pretty much everything's ever written in Middle Earth, yeah. Oh. But all the all of them, not just Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, but all of them have got this problem with chronology. Like the Silmarillion jumps 
between the start of the Silmarillion and the end of the Silmarillion, it jumped like something like 2,000 years. Really? <laughs> like, and it does this thing that Lord of the Rings does where like he'll tell a story until he gets bored of telling that story, jump over to another character and tell that for a bit. Yeah. 1,500 years have gone past and he'll jump back to the other one and progress them a little bit. And you're like, this, it's really jarring. And, you know, the Lord of the Rings does that. So just having to pull them apart to yeah. turn them into a chronological story so that you can then start well he didn't even want to do three books did he he wanted to do one fucking giant book yeah, yeah, yeah. they forced him to do uh to split it into three yeah that was their their one like no no we can't release this fucking giant yeah. encyclopedia the average book is something like eighty thousand words or ninety thousand words words yeah and the, the smallest one fellowship is like three hundred thousand. damn the smallest one yeah two towers is like it's because there's always it's always like a fortnight here and a fortnight there. Yeah, uh, they went to they went to the prancing pony for a fortnight. Everything's yeah. for a fortnight. <laughs> but it's not even consistent. Like the prancing pony theoretically is not a very big important chapter, right? But it's pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. Well, it is important because they meet Aragorn. Well, yeah, but like it's as get important. Get to it. <laughs> get to the point. Yeah, but it does even for an important chapter, which I don't think it really is. It goes on and on yeah. and on and on. Like when Aragorn and the Hobbits are standing in the bedroom or wherever having a chat in the book about the ifs, buts and maybes of who each other are, that's pages long. Right. Like of just them trying to, the Hobbits trying to trust him and him trying to convince them to take him with him and talking about the letter, which is never in the film, but there's like a letter that Gandalf left for them and all that sort of thing. Right. It's pages. <laughs> it's like, Damn. it's literally pages and pages long. Which is great. Isn't there also a chapter called... Also a nightmare. A Shortcut to Mushrooms. There is a chapter called A Shortcut to Mushrooms, yeah. There's quite a lot of names of chapters. Also, does this happen in the books? I've never read them. And I've only ever heard um, rumours that this is the case. And I'd love to... to, If I I find this is true and I'll get a copy of Lord of the Rings, I'd love to take a picture of it and make it into a meme. But I've heard there's constantly references to how gorgeous Legolas is. Like Legolas, this perfect face. Yeah, and there is quite a features. lot of that, actually. Like but as if J.R.R. Tolkien is just, while he's writing it, it's just got a complete hard-on for yeah. Legolas. I think, I think there Legolas is, but put, I, that's Legolas pretty common amongst his, all the elves. Legolas put, pulled back his bow. Yeah. His perfect oh, arms. Yeah. The lovely straight arrow. Yeah, his perfectly pale face. Yeah. And apparently there's he just... Wasn't wearing, yeah, he wasn't Like he goes into such detail yeah. about how fucking gorgeous Legolas is. Well, he does. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, he does that with all the elves. I mean, the stuff he writes about Galadriel is just... is mental, really. Yeah. Some of the best description you in any of the books. And Legolas is the main elf. So yeah. even though he's not that main. I guess. And he's a bit of a... bit of a wuss. Legolas, the perfect elf, standing next to the dirty dwarf Gimli. Yeah. Gimli's completely different in the books. Yeah, I've heard he's just the, he, in the films. He's just comic relief, isn't yeah. he? But they had to in the books. He's, there's a lot. He's of one shit. of the most of the fellowship. I think he's possibly of the three most interesting. Really? Yeah. Well, he's the last of his species, pretty much. Isn't he? He's he's one of the last of his species. You know, there are in in relative terms, obviously, there are basically no elves left. Not because because yeah. they've either all died in wars or they've all left. Yeah. Um, the dwarves are going the same way. And the men are taken over everywhere. And Gimli has got the biggest obvious arc of all of them. Frodo is the worst character in the books. Really? I think. This might be a controversial opinion, but I think he's the worst character. Because Frodo, he's like 
He's kind of like Harry in in Harry Potter. Is that he doesn't really have much of his own personality. His whole personality is based on how people react to him. Right. Like, you know that Frodo is a pussy and a wuss and he's carrying a great big burden because Sam is constantly helping him. Yeah. <laughs> and Gandalf needs to constantly tell him what to do and Aragorn keeps trying to protect him. Sam is obviously brave and obviously trying his best, even though he's well out of his depth. You know, Aragorn is obviously noble and trying to fulfill his destiny, you know? Frodo moans a lot, and he goes, oh, the, burden, the ring is a big burden yeah. today. I don't and think it's fair to say Harry in Harry Potter is bad. I think in the you really fir- think so? Harry's I, got a personality? In the, in, the, in the books, he's kind of sassy, he's just he's fucking pissed off all the time, and he doesn't take any shit a lot of the time. Oh, he really? kicks off. Oh, oh, in the, in the, in the films, more. he's kind of just... Yeah, a bit lame, really. He's just Harry's like brooding like, all the time. Yeah, I really don't see that in the books. Harry's like, he's averagely clever, but you only know that because he's with Hermione. And he's a, bit, he's a bit lazy, but you only know that because he's with Ron, who is very lazy. True. And he's a bit of a kid, but you only know Ron's that because Dumbledore really is patronising in the, the whole time. In, in the films, Ron is the Gimli. He gets completely shafted. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, so anyway, do you think they're going to put those fucking blue wizards in... Somewhere. They could do. I mean, it depends when they when they. Uh... Apparently, the show is going to be called The Lord of the Rings, so it's going to have to something to do with that. Like you think they call it something? The show else. cannot surely it cannot be called Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they're calling it Lord of the Rings. How yeah. much actual information is there out about it? Because if it's called The Lord well, of the Rings, surely they're just making The well, Lord the, of the Rings. The first thing I heard into about a TV it, series. The first thing I heard about it was it was just before um, one of the series of Game, later series of Game of Thrones came out, and it came out that Amazon bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. And everyone was like, well, is Peter Jackson involved? Is Peter Jackson involved? Yeah. And everyone, no one knows if he's involved or not. Apparently he might be. I always um, assumed it was like second age or first age, thousands of years before the ring yeah. and well, all that sort of thing. Apparently Peter Jackson has, it might be involved. See, no one knows yet, but also they've cast it and I think they've already started filming it because I'm, I'm part of this thing called Universal Extras where they send you emails based on what you look like. You sign up, give your what you look like. I did it when I had dreads and I was like, oh, you got any pirate roles going? <laughs> um, and uh, that, they'll email you if they think you're suitable for a yeah, thing. So you can exclusively play pirates or, or people on their gap yeah. year. I was, I was offered an extra role in Paddington too, because there's like a prison scene in Paddington too. <laughs> I didn't end up, I haven't done any of them though, to be fair. They don't email you if you don't go. Um, uh, who's all right. Let's have a look. Oh, the guy who plays, um, What's the Uncle Stark in... Um, Benjen. Benjen Stark is in it. He's going to be in it. Loads of people are in it. Um, I don't think Will Parr is in it, actually. I think it's this guy who is in... Uh, uh, do you know this dude? He's in Game of Thrones. He plays young Ned. Oh, that fuck. The guy looks like George Fleming. Yeah. Can't say that. No one knows who that is. No. <laughs> well, that was just a joke for you. Yeah. Um, do you think he'll be playing young Boromir? He could be playing young Boromir. I think if he does, then that's it now. He's got to be Sean Bean's understudy for yeah. the rest of his life. Yeah, like the guy who plays young Han Solo should just play young Indiana Jones as well and just yeah, commit. Yeah. Um, right, let's read some trivia on IMDb that anyone can update. The series is expected to be the most expensive TV show in history with Amazon expected to pay at least $1 billion on production. Bloody hell. This is, this is an IMDb, though. Anyone can update it. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> one billion, but that's only in uh, yeah. copper, coppers. I don't, I don't think it's going to cost one. Bottle tops. One billion. Jeff Bezos has got a pet pigeon. <laughs> one billion. I mean, like, the, 
Avatar made two billion. You know, if so you're doubling money basically. Even if this, yeah, even back. if this is the most, even if this makes more than the biggest film of all time, no, well, uh, Endgame I suppose is the biggest film, the second biggest film of all time. You're still only doubling your money, really. Do yeah. you not think you'd want more of an investment? The return on investment for big TV shows is probably a lot yeah. higher than a film as well. Yeah. Well, I also I read that they were going to film it in Scotland as opposed to New Zealand, uh, but New Zealand kicked off and said, "Well, our whole tourism, awesome. our whole tourism thing." Well, because when Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings premieres were happening, it just shut down New Zealand. Yeah. They all went. Everyone from who lived in New Zealand went to Wellington. When they're making the Hobbit, they used all the gold paint in New Zealand. <laughs> They had to go to Germany to get some more. True story, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Everyone, well, there's, only... there's those two dudes who are in Fly the Concords, um, Jermaine Clement and the other guy. Um, they're from New Zealand. And they say, they're all both in Lord of the Rings. And <laughs> everyone they know is in Lord of the Rings as well. Yeah. Everyone... I've, got two friends, I've got two friends who are Kiwis from my previous job, and they have both got four, five, six people that they each know that were in, yeah. in some way, just or the, in Hobbit. The whole country just got together yeah. to work well, it's, on. It's like... Three and a half million people. Yeah. I think something like that. And it's like the biggest trilogy ever. Yeah. So it's kind of. So imagine telling all those people, we're going to film in Scotland. (laughs) And all the Scots going, yeah. Oh, I I wouldn't even be surprised if New Zealand has like the exclusive decision on sort of that sort of thing. How? Well, because they get like the the amount of tourism that they do just because people want to go see where Lord of the Rings was filmed. Um, I don't know if that's true. If they've got the, you know, if they made a decision, but they probably said, no, "Can you please just film it here?" Yeah. And also, that's where the wetter workshop is and shit. Yeah, and if yeah. they're going to be working with wetter again for this, I applied for a job at wetter. Did you? What was it going to be on? They had a social. They wanted a social media executive. Right. Like two, three years ago, when I was applying for jobs. Right. And I was obviously looking anywhere and everything for something moderately related to what I do. This was at the time where I was thinking I might quit my job, dump my girlfriend and move to New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, found, uh, was looking, oh yeah, I could be an illustrator. I could draw things or, oh, I know how to build armor plating. Yeah, I could talk my way into any of these. And I found one that I could actually do, social media exec. Yeah. Applied, never heard anything back. No. Can't do it, guy. Can't, can't do it. Can't do it, mate. Thanks for applying, but we're not going to have you. All right, next thing on the list here on IMDb that anyone can update. Right, well, this is this is this is going to be a bit revealing on the last thing we just talked about the budget. Um, Amazon was in a bidding war with Netflix for the rights to the novels, so they got the rights to the novels, and with, with Amazon acquiring the rights in the end at a cost of two hundred fifty million dollars. <sighs> Taking the rights from the Tolkien estate, I'm um, assuming. I'm guessing so, yeah. Because that is a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. There is an office somewhere that purely runs. Yeah, of course. The yeah. the rights and well, yeah, because they have to sue people like uh, who because yeah. there, there was the pub in like Lancashire or something that was called the Hobbit. Mm. And it was called the Hobbit for years, and then the Tolkien estate the estate like shut them down. Yeah, this poor little pub. <laughs> they are, um... but don't um. Who 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 made Lord of the Rings? Wasn't it Universal or Paramount or someone? Or it was uh, Miramax, wasn't it? Miramax is was owned by Harvey Weinstein, and that's shut down now. Oh. So, yeah, maybe the, the the rights to Lord of the Rings probably just reverted back to the estate. Then, I'd imagine. well, they have like I think. Well, they, if they got bought out by Fox yeah, or something, but which I, now owns by Disney, so. Well, I seem to remember reading that they re-released the books of the Lord of the Rings like every twenty-five years. 
Yeah. When the licenses expire. Yeah. And they re-release the books with like different cover art and all that sort of thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if the rights were something like that as well. You know why they do that as well? So they can keep making money. True, but also so that they the story doesn't fall into the public domain. Oh yeah, and you start again. After every after seventy five years of something, unless it gets pushed back, which is what Disney do every few years with their stories. Because like Mickey Mouse and all those characters would technically now be in the public domain. Batman and Superman would technically now be in the public domain. But you can apply to get it pushed back like yeah. five years. And that's what Disney keep doing. But the last time they did it was on uh, Steamboat Willie, which was like the the original Mickey Mouse. Right. And the public domain thing that they applied to get got uh, denied. So technically anyone can make a Steamboat Willie film now if they wanted. That's pretty cool. Shall we? It's like Steamboat Willie. I think it's Steamboat Willie. One of their major characters was um, has been put into the public domain. Right. Because you can make like a Sherlock Holmes film if you want. You can make a Dracula yeah. film, yeah, yeah. Frankenstein. All those are in public domain. And in a few years, if the Batman Superman license falls in public domain, anyone could make Batman for Superman. I don't. I really struggle to see how DC or Disney or whoever owns any of these companies will let something like Batman. Yeah, fall into the public domain. Well, that's why they keep denying it. So technically, I mean, when when did Tolkien die? Nineteen fifties, I think. Yeah. Well, when did he write Lord of the Rings? Thirties, forties. Yeah. So you'd think they'd now be in public domain. Maybe sixties. Yeah, but they are fierce. They are far more um, sort of strict on the licenses for Tolkien works than they are for anything else that I know of, anyway. They're far more than JK is for Harry Potter and far more right. than anything else. Like you don't, it was something like a 14 year debate or 13 year debate to try and get Lego branded Tolkien works and things. I remember then they, they don't have it anymore. And it, you, like, can't, you can't yeah, buy you can't get um, Lego Lord of the Rings anymore. The, the, you can the, only get it for like a five year window yeah, when they yeah, made yeah. the games and the, shit. But like he, the, the estate themselves, like his son Chris, Christopher, was notoriously strict on where the licenses would go and stuff he just would really really was pushy and yeah um kept his cards close to his chest on the on the licenses for stuff so and yeah. he, he died last year or this year christopher tolkien yeah yeah i think this it was year, this year so that's probably why amazon has moved forward at a pace yeah well i reckon maybe if they've got the rights to everything but the lord of the rings story or something yeah because it, I know that they couldn't mention anything to do with Silmarillion or the Blue Wizards. I mean, they say Blue Wizards in The Hobbit, hmm. but they couldn't go into any detail about them because whoever made Lord of the Rings doesn't have the rights to that story. Yeah, I don't know how it works now, but like um, when they got the Lord of the Rings to film Speaking it, to the mic, please, guy. When they, sorry, when they when they got the rights to film Lord of the Rings in the two thousands, they did have the rights to the Hobbit as well, I think, and the same right. thing in reverse when they started making the Hobbit films because they are a package deal. But yeah. like everything else isn't. So it's like you can mention the Lord of the Rings in The Hobbits, the events from The Hobbit in Lord of the Rings because they're a package, but you can't mention like the Silmarils. Uh, well, after we've been through all this trivia that anyone can update on IMDb, we'll have a look who actually owns the rights to Lord of the Rings. Um, Peter Jackson, director of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit movie trilogies, originally confirmed he would not be involved in the TV series However, in 2018, he suggested he might be offering uh, advice on the scripts. I think you'd have to, really. Yeah. He's, he's but, such a fountain of knowledge. Yeah, but I never... Th if it's on the scripts, I'd prefer... 
Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh. Yeah. Because they were the better writers, I think, yeah. of the three of them. He's clear. I mean, obviously, he knows I his... I think if you're going to get Peter Jackson, really, you should get him for his uh, visual style. Yeah. So there's a sense of continuity. Unless this is like some kind of crazy reboot and, and it's set in a different, like an Elseworlds Middle yeah, Earth. Yeah. But if it's going to be in the same Middle Earth as the Lord of the Rings... You need that continuity. That's why I think that the Gilmero del Toro Hobbit wouldn't have worked because it would have been all Gilmero del Toro. I think it would have been far better. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. As I films, think it would have been. But they wouldn't have been as marketable, would they? They yeah. wouldn't have been like. Because you need that continuity. Yeah, yeah. Del Toro was going to do stuff like he was going to have all the animals talk and shit. Yeah. yeah. And Which they do in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's just, I think it would have been better as well. I think yeah. the Hobbit films aren't great, but. Um, the book in the the books of the Ho- the book of the Hobbit is incredibly weird. Yeah, compared to the Lord of the Rings, like the Lord of the Rings has got a very, you c- I mean, obviously it's, it was difficult and it was like the most difficult book ever to adapt into a film, but it is still very sequential and it is still very filmatic. You know, it's got it's got an act yeah. act structure to it and it's got a. Um, you know, overarching themes for characters yeah. and, a, and a character arc for people and all this sort of thing. It's got big set pieces, all this sort of stuff. So it's still very, it's still got a very adaptable film structure. Yeah. The Hobbit's fucking weird. Yeah. It's really, well, it's really he just, weird. Because he was like, I've made a language. I'm going to write a book that's got this language in it. To try and justify and, the language. Yeah. yeah. And now and I'm then, just going to, and I don't, some guy kills the dragon, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the book, the, 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 the Hobbit, you read The Hobbit, it's really, really obvious that he just wrote a chapter at a time. He put the book away. Yeah. And then a few months later, he came up with another idea for the next little adventure. It's really obviously written for six-year-olds. Right. Um, Because every single chapter is Even the word Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. Every single chapter is is its own little adventure. And there's no through-running thing in it, really. Like the ring, when he gets the ring in the caves... He just gets a ring that makes him invisible. Yeah. And he does it like well, twice heard, more. Yeah, I heard um, as well. And it's just a little thing. They, when they republished uh, The Hobbit a few times, they changed that scene. Yeah, he had to rewrite the, it. Yeah. In the original, um, Gollum just gives him the ring. Yeah. After he's done a riddle. And he then has he has to, to do- change it like George Lucas-esque. Yeah. So... There's a couple of them. So the, the, the very original, he wins the game and Gollum gives, him the, Gollum gives him the ring and it's just a ring that makes him invisible. And then he has to rewrite it so that Gollum doesn't give it to him and he sort of finds it. Yeah. And then he has to rewrite it again to make the ring more prominent in the later chapters yeah. so that there's a reason for the Lord of the Rings, yeah. you know? Because originally the Hobbit is just 12 or 15 chapters. Every chapter is its own little adventure. Some geezer kills a dragon at the end of it. They get the treasure back. It's a bit sad because the main dwarf dies, but no one gives a fuck about him anyway. Yeah. And then they all sort of go happily, merrily home afterwards anyway and talk to Frodo about being depressed. Yeah. And that's... Well, isn't he also the only dwarf with any character? The rest of them are just like the fat one, yeah, yeah. the lazy one, it's not, uh, the strong one. 30, 13 dwarves, and I think only four or five of them have actually got speaking lines. Right. Bomba, Momba, and Shomba. Yeah, which I think they should have done in The Hobbit. They should have cut the dwarves out completely. In the films, no, I think they should have. I think they should have gone with Thorin, Thorin, Dwalin, Balin, Feely, Keely, Gloin, Oint, Groin, whatever his brother's called, Oin, Oin. So you've got Gimli's parents. You've got the little knock thing for there. Balin, because he dies in Lord of the Rings, and Balin is obviously the best dwarf in the films. You've got Thorin, and you've got his two heirs. 
That's all you need. You don't need the fucking queer dwarf or the or the nerd dwarf or the fat dwarf or the or the uh, yeah, the, pedo. Fat one. the fat one's literally. You don't need the bomb fat bomb. one. You don't need the pedo dwarf. You'll be absolutely I fine. Yeah, to be correct. How would I think? Um, the Hobbit is not a very uh, film structured book, anyway. So no, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's good fun, but it's a weird one. Yeah, so uh, moving on, um, we'll, f- we'll skip that one. We know it's a direct, uh, uh, will not be a direct adaptation of the books, but will instead introduce new stories that are set between, before the books and the films. Okay. All right. Um, in a rare move for the company's entertainment side with Amazon Studios, uh, Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos was... One of the principal direct, directly involved in negotiations for making the deal happen between Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers own Lord of the Rings, uh, the Tolkien estate, and Amazon. Bezos was previously mandated to the company TV division that they needed to produce a fantasy series on the scale of Lord of, the, of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that's what they're going to be doing. I think it's going to be the War of Wrath, Elves versus Morgoth. Yeah, with Sauron as the little bitch boy, and then he might make the rings at the end of it, and then that'll be it. Yeah, or the Silmarils of Feanor. It's going. I think. I think it's going to have absolutely zilch to do with Lord of the Rings, apart from there'll be a ring at the end of it. Yeah, there will be no hobbits. Might be a god or two, like Aule or something. Cool. So that's what we know about that so far. I think we'll wrap this up, shall we? Yeah, let's wrap it up. We didn't finish that quiz, but this was more interesting, I think, talking yeah. about Lord of the Rings. It's cool. So this episode, we've covered The Crown and Lord of the Rings. Got those two things covered. So we'll cover everything else in the next one. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to say, Guy, on the exit? Um, no. All right, cool. Uh, if you want to reach the show, it's dishboymax at gmail.com. Send me in anything you want to uh, me to discuss. Well, I will literally answer any email that comes because I haven't got a single one in months and months. My, Have you ever had one? I've got. I've had received two emails before. But Are they both from been, people you know? Yeah, they're both from people I know. Yeah. Just trolling you? Yeah. Well, one of them was from someone I, I know and they didn't realize that their email address was shown. So they just sort of like, oh, I'm just what you're listening, but uh, actually I don't know if I do it. Oh, like, right. So oh. They, were, they were trolling you? No, it was an actual question. It was it was just like a feedback thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. And then the other one was about some other bollocks. Um, yeah, but I, that doesn't, don't dismerge. I'm not dismerging the good name of sending an email. Do send an email. Uh Unless you're from the Tolkien estate and you want to copyright everything we said. Send it, if you're from the Tolkien estate... <laughs> Get in touch. Uh, we'll love to interview you about what you actually do <laughs> yeah. other than enjoy your great-grandfather's money. And also tell us what's going to happen in the Amazon series because yeah. the big Tolkien fans out here are starting to really be worried about it. Yeah. So you yeah, get in touch. All right, later, skaters. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.